Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> Some people give thought to the weirdest things. Okay. You know, like, um, like sometimes like people will like say something like, like, I feel like Jordan Peterson does this a lot. It'll be like the most random thing that he's given like a lot of thought to, or I'm like, that's like, why would you sit there and contemplate that? So I'm literally just, and I might butcher this, but I was on my way here this morning and I was listening to Aubrey Marcus's most recent podcast. Mm -hmm. And he had, uh, you've probably seen this guy post a lot, uh, The Captain. He goes by The Captain on Instagram. He always shares like memes. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're super like thoughtful. Um, if I seen this page, maybe. He probably would. Um, <coughs> anyway, he had him on the podcast. I'm only like 10 minutes in and this is the first thing that they started talking about. Cause I guess the guy, um, they're talking about cats and how he was kind of saying like, fuck cats. Like he doesn't like cats. Yeah. And then Aubrey like asked him, he's like, why do you think that is? And he was like, well, I just think they're like, they're, they're hard to love. You know, it's like a dog. You just give them water and some food and like a pat on the head and they love you to death. Whereas a cat, like it's not the same. And Aubrey was like, and this is where I'm getting into like the, the thought process of like a guy like Aubrey Marcus. And he's like, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. And he's like, I, uh, he's like, I think, the masculine has like this longing or this desire for feminine love and cats represent such a feminine like goddess almost like the way they walk the way they you know <laughs> yeah you know when i said that you're kind of like yeah i yeah. can see that but it's like you almost have to earn that feminine love and when you can't do that it's way easier just to say fuck cats mm. And I was just like, man, to give that, and that, that might be totally wrong. Like yeah. it might just be cats or assholes. Yeah. But hearing him say that, I was like, man, that's like, it might be legit. He might be onto something like that. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. Yeah. It's funny how cats do that. They like walk with like swag and like shake themselves and just like flash you their asshole. And just yeah. Like, hey. And you could do the same thing for a cat as you do with a dog, but the cat will still think you're a cocksucker. Yeah. He'll still sit on top of your fridge and stare at you like he might kill you one day. Yeah. I wonder if that's a myth. You hear that thing about if you die, it takes three days for a cat to eat you or something. Like if you die in your house, whereas a dog it'll take, I can't remember what the, what wow. the stat is, but that's interesting. I don't know. That's that one, interesting. that's one thing that I love about the dog is they don't hold grudges. You know, it's like you come home, they're always happy to see you. Yeah. Like they're just, they're so simple. Yeah. I love the simplicity. Your dog's hilarious, man. Yeah. She's a little. So much energy, eh? Yeah. And do you know what? Like she's so chill. It's just when a new person comes into the environment, she's like that. Yeah. That, but, I, I feel like most dogs, man, whatever breed they are, when somebody comes in there, it's like they can't help themselves. Like that's, that's where it's like, they're almost like a, the dumb masculine. It's like this dumb dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the cat's like, bitch, earn my love before I get excited for you walking. Yeah. And see, when we first had her, it was just me and my girlfriend in our house. So she wasn't introduced to new people for a while. So I think she just kind of got used to it. Oh, this is simple life, the three of us. Yeah. And then when people start coming over, she's like, what's happening? And how's it been going overall with the dog? Really like adjusting to being a little bit messier. Really good, man. It's, uh, it's easier than I thought it would be. Yeah. I, th I thought she would wreck more of my stuff. I thought I would have more hair all over the place, but... 
maybe it's just the size of her, you know, yeah. but it's so easy. And again, you know, I walk a little more because of her. Yeah. I got to feed her, do that sort of thing, but it's totally worth it for the, the love. <laughs> yeah. I know, man. It's fun just having a little, like, even when I walked in, it's I just love it, man. like Layla gets excited, but she's older now. So like, yeah. you know, Aaron came over, um, uh, yesterday. Yeah. It was yesterday. And, you know, Layla will like whimper a little bit and kind of wag her tail and then she just walks away. But like, yeah, her, yeah. her, um, amount of time of being excited when you walk in has dwindled. Mm, interesting. <laughs> hey? Yeah. yeah. I can tell she's already getting used to you because she's not as like panicky when you come in. Cause right. you've been here a few times now, but, um, I, I noticed, yeah, she didn't, she was, she's not, um, before she was like all over the place, but it was more of like a fear, like like kind of like she'd get close and run away. And now it's like playful. Yeah. No. Now it's like, oh, this motherfucker's back. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, that's exactly. And then um, she's such a cuddler. Like we have kind of a bad habit of letting her sleep in our bed, but she'll just come in like that's not a bad habit. Well, Whitney Cummings can shut up. Oh, is that what she said? Well, that's yeah. She was like, cause she she knows a lot about animals, and a lot of dog trainers will say that is to like never let your dog sleep on your bed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you sound real fun. Yeah. Fun got a party with. Yeah. Yeah. And see, at first we didn't, but then it was like, I don't know. It's like, why not? You know, <laughs> I, I, there's people with amazing dogs that sleep on their bed. Yeah. They're just fine. But she'll come and like lay across your neck or like, just come and like, she'll spoon us and put her head on the pillow beside you and just get close to you and, uh, you know, curl up in a ball, like right beside your face. And it's just so cute. You can hear her little heartbeat and feel her warmth and it's just, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Mira is much like Aaron's dog is much more um, like cuddly than oh, Layla. Yeah. Like yeah. man, Aaron will just like Mira will be sitting there like sleeping, and Aaron will just kind of grab her and just pull her over her like a blanket, and then Mira will just be cool wherever she lays. Is that's yeah. where she's laying, and now she's sleeping. Yeah, she's very like a, like a lap dog. That's how she is like when she's sleepy and stuff. Huh. Interesting. But I was telling you before this over the last week, she's not eating. Um, but she's acting completely normal. She's got her energy. She loves treats. Hmm. Um, she'll eat certain things like human food that I'm eating, you know, like if I have cooked meat and I give her a little piece, but right. she's just, I don't know if it's a picky thing. Right. She did just lose a tooth a few days ago. I don't know if it's like her, her mouth is sore, but mm. she'll just walk up to the dish, just kind of smell it and just walk away. It's like, she's just not interested. So I, we're trying to decide whether we should take her to the vet or not, but yeah. It's, it's something you don't want to play with too much, you know, like yeah. I was, um, supposed to get my car detailed this week. He was going to put like a 3M guard on it and like a leather protector. And he canceled the day before because he just had to put his six month old dog down mm. and Coco is six months as well. And, uh, right when he answered the phone, I could tell something was wrong. And I feel bad for this guy because he had a dog for a long time. You know, it was with him in the shop every day when he worked on vehicles. Died probably a year ago. And then he got this new dog he's had for whatever, you know, four months. And uh, yeah, it got Parvo. So, and, and I was stopped in his shop like a week ago and his dog was there happy and stuff. And then, yeah, I talked to him this Wednesday and he said he just had to put his dog down. So yeah. it's one of those things, like I've had that happen with that first dog I got like yeah. nine years ago where everything's fine and then they just, they're not eating, they're not drinking, they're like diarrheaing and you, you just can't get them to do anything and they yeah. just start dwindling. And but So I don't think that that's this, like like I said, she's fine, she's probably being picky, but yeah, we might have to take her in, get checked out. Yeah, that'd be a lot harder, hey, because now you've probably got a lot more attached to this dog oh, than yeah. the other dog. The other I mean, dog, that was like a week. It was like three, four, four days. Yeah. Yeah, so. 
Yeah, it's yeah. tough, man. But I, I wouldn't even put those negative thoughts <laughs> yeah, in my head. So. Yeah, yesterday I was I posted the video on my Instagram, but yeah, it's nice to see like Layla even like move like a youthful dog. Like after I'm done training, I'll go out back. Yeah, and she does like this prancing, and she like looks like she's smiling, running. Like yeah, like there's been a few times where I'm like, fuck, like I, I'm just gonna pull the plug on this dog, and yeah, so yeah. To see that, it's just nice to witness the youthfulness that she still has in her. She looks know. good, man. Yeah, she looks good when I see her. Fucking uh, all, uh, raw food diet, man. Okay, so what are you feeding her right now? Just the raw food diet. So it's a be- it's beef, and there's like bones. Um, they put extra minerals in there. And is it those pucks that you're yeah. still doing? Okay. Yeah, they're probably a lot bigger than what you're feeding your dog. I'd imagine like they're like they're like oh, this okay. big, and she gets two of them. Do you go to Evolution Dog Food? Have you heard of this place? I no? haven't. Okay, so where do you get these from? My vet told me just to go to. He said he really likes this lady. She said she and she's really nice. You can tell she's like a dog lover. Ah, yeah. Um, just right by Aaron's place. Um, I don't. I want to say Pet Planet, but yeah, it's a new one. It just opened up like a couple months ago. Okay. Okay. But yeah, she's really friendly. It's on Primrose, like. Uh somewhere over on the right right across from the green bjm school okay she's funny man she's like i don't know if it's just like a nervous uh tick that she has but she tends to laugh after everything she says (laughs) um yeah like I'll After be like, everything that she says. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I'll be like, um, Hey, do you have any more of that beef? Um, like dog food for Layla. And she's like, yeah, for sure. We just got some more in. <laughs> and then she'll like go and get it. I'm like, Oh, like sweet. Thanks. And she's like, Oh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, Oh, just relaxing. She's like, Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's really funny, man. Like she's really sweet, like really nice. But yeah, she just yeah. laughs after everything she says. Just it's like a nervous thing, I think. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's funny how we deal with like social anxiety, hey? Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to just drink when I went out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anytime I was drinking, it's not because I, you know, necessarily wanted to get drunk or like yeah. the taste. I was just like, I'm nervous. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's something yeah. else. <laughs> I um, I feel like Brandon Schaub right now. Why? Oh, fat. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I got stung by a bee. <laughs> Fat face Fridays. Yeah, I said to someone this morning, because you sent me that photo, and I said, I was like, yeah, he looks like American Dad. Yeah. You know, that guy, he kind of, yeah. like, there's... Or G- even Quagmire. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Quagmire's <laughs> a better example. One side of Quagmire. Yeah. So I woke up with this, with this, like, to, so Tuesday morning, I woke up with a bit of a sore jaw, and I was like, oh, I was like, I worked out Monday. The first thing I thought of was maybe I was like pushing heavy and like, oh, like flexing my face and I like pulled a muscle in my jaw. So I was like, that's weird, but it's not like anything I'm worried about. So it got better throughout the day. I trained Tuesday, I teach Tuesday, and then I woke up Wednesday and it was like swollen and I was like, what the fuck? And I've had it before where it's the lymph nodes, the uh, like the saliva glands. And I've even had it twice where this is the craziest thing. She's probably barking at Natalia, maybe? Is she leaving? No, she's upstairs. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, there's people walking right there. Oh, with yeah. With their dog, yeah. Oh, with their dog. So I was eating in my kitchen. This was like, I don't know, seven years ago. And I felt this weird sensation in my mouth. And instantly, kind of where this is, started to just swell out, like mm. under my jaw. And I was like, what the hell? And I went to the doctor and they said, this is going to sound weird, but our prescription for this is eat sour candies and drink orange juice, anything that's going to make you um, salivate. Salivate. Is that the word? I think so. And and so basically there's a stone caught in your gland and you need to salivate to push this stone through oh, wow. and eventually it's going to pop out under your tongue like a little stone. 
And I was like, okay. Man, have you ever had anything like that happen or any kind of like white stonish thing pop out of your throat or anything in your mouth before? Just this, it would happen twice under my tongue. And you got the stone out and it's yeah. like a little, did it stink fucking bad? No. Man, I've had these things and I've, I saw someone on TikTok do this. They like, they, yeah, it's like the, I don't know what they are, but I've, I've had it a few times where I'm like, <clears throat> I'll do this and I can kind of like get it from deep in the back of my throat <clears throat> and I'll do this and it'll kind of land on my tongue. And I grabbed it and it's like a little white thing. Man, I smell it and Ooh. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? It's gross. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know what it is. It almost smells like, um, like when somebody has, uh, you know, when somebody has like shit breath. Yeah. Like, and it's like a thing. Yeah. Like it's like a, it's not that they did, just didn't brush their teeth. It's like fucking something going on in there. Yeah. That's what it smelled like. And I'm mm. like, please don't t-. like, I, I start doing this and like breathing my own <laughs> the breath. Old test, right the old yeah. breath test. Like, Fuck. Was I walking around all day? Like, do I have that? Am yeah, I the guy yeah. with the shit breath? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what it is. That's a tough one. Yeah. But anyways, no, this thing. So, you know, I'm drinking orange juice. I'm eating like Sour Patch Kids and I can like feel that something's getting pushed through and, and I still have this swollen jaw. And then it finally gets to a point where I can start to feel a ball appearing like under my tongue coming mm. through like the saliva gland. And the first time I let it come out naturally and the second time it happened like two years later, I, I kind of, I was like, okay, I know the drill. So as I could feel it start to form under my skin, I like popped it out like a zit almost. Mm. And this little like, like rock, like this little stone came out. And then instantly after that, it's like, it's like the balloon deflates. It's about a six hour process and your face slowly just gets back to normal. That's so weird, man. The human body's so weird. And this time around, I, I went to the doctor the first day. He said, you know, keep an eye on it. Of course, you know, good, good advice. And then I came back the next day. It was way worse, which was yesterday. And so he put me on antibiotics and I had to go get a blood test and a urine test yesterday for the mumps. Mm. but it's highly unlikely it's that like when we're kids we all get mump shots and yeah. it's more of like a children thing so i'm pretty sure it's just a bacterial kind of isolated infection that the, and and honestly i've uh i feel like it's already starting to get better since as of this morning mm. just with the antibiotics so i hope the antibiotics kill it i feel fine otherwise but just uh, weird i just hate weird things that like the human body and yeah. weird ailments and just stupid shit, especially like we were talking before this, we're trying to get momentum, you know, like we're so into our training and our physical endurance and, and all that stuff. And it's like, you have COVID and then it's like, okay, it takes a few weeks to work back. You're almost there. Something else. You yeah. got to take more time off. And yeah, I wanted to be there with you for like every moment of this kickboxing training camp. And, yeah. and even tonight, Brady Koshman's coming back in town from like way up North and, He's coming to open mat. I was looking forward all week to grapple Nogi yeah. tonight, and I'm yeah, just not the there game. yet. So, damn shitty, but it is what it is. Yeah, try yeah. to complain less. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. It just reminds me, of like my yeah, just stupid shit, like my thighs swelling up. It's why. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. It's I've like thrown I've been, knees. I've kicked lots. Yeah. It's like, like now hey. both of you are just gonna swell up. Yeah. Stupid. Just immobile legs. Yeah. It's like yeah. But. Um, do you remember when you went to, obviously you went to Denver, Colorado and like just witnessing like Dwayne Ludwig and Trevor Whitman teach mm. their enthusiasm is fucking insane. Yeah. Right. Like when they teach, it's like, it just pours out of them. Yeah. I was reading this book again, the big idea book that I'm reading. Um, I still don't know the name of it, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
it just there was like a one little line that I highlighted, and there was like a bunch of other stuff that that went with it. But it just said um, uh, the students didn't care because the professor didn't care, and it was talking about enthusiasm. And like so many of us have been in classrooms with teachers who just don't care, and yet they're mm. trying to teach something, and it's like. Like, how could you ever possibly expect a student to give a rat's ass about anything you're teaching and pass a test when you, the guy teaching it, doesn't give a rat's ass about what you're teaching? Yeah. It's very, um, like, contagious. If you 100%. have enthusiasm, like, perfect example, and I love this, and I, I actually, I intentionally try, I, I wanted to trickle this into our gym a little bit more, and I wrote it in my journal, but it slipped my mind. I've actually, I'm just, it's just coming to me now. Remember when we were at Dwayne's gym and he would be teaching or any of the students would be teaching, even when Adam and I were doing our demos for our, our black belt testing, someone would say a detail and you would hear someone in the background be like, Ooh, like, oh, nice. Yeah. Like they would, they would show appreciation out <laughs> of like this random little detail that would usually get no applaud or no um, positive feedback at all. But so many people there are so passionate that it rubs off on other people mm. when they're teaching and they show a detail the students are like they're into it because whoever's teaching is into it and Dwayne Ludwig has kind of set that tone like you go to his gym and it's like yeah the students are just very enthusiastic about martial arts and details mm. and the thing in the book that I really liked because he was talking about like, how do you get more enthusiastic if you lack enthusiasm? And one of the examples he had was, um, let's say like your job required you to move to a new city. At first you might be like, like, fuck, I don't want to, I don't want to move to Regina or like wherever the city is. Like it's, you know, you just see the surface of it. You, you hear what other people have said about it and their experiences. But he said, if you want to be more enthusiastic about the city you're going to research the history of it learn more about that subject mm -hmm. and you will automatically appreciate it more. <clears throat> One example is like people who watch the UFC. If you've never grappled, never wrestled or done jujitsu, mm -hmm. when it hits the ground, you don't care because you don't appreciate anything because you don't know what's happening. Yeah. You're, you're very like uh, oblivious to the beautiful art that's actually happening. Yeah. Once you train a little bit and you see a sweep, you're like, oh, that was so nice. Yeah, I get it. Now the enthusiasm kicks in. Yeah. So they said anytime you're lacking enthusiasm, like even if you're at a sales job or you're selling cars and you're like, I don't give a fuck about selling cars. I've been there. Learn about that car. Mm -hmm. Like find out who created Toyota. Yeah. Right? Like, if, like dive into the history because now when you're selling it, you have like this deep history of knowledge mm. that goes along with it. And it can increase your enthusiasm, which in return helps the student, the client, or whoever you're working with be more enthusiastic about it as well. That's interesting. It reminds me, as you're saying that, I was thinking about the, the Rolex thing too. I used to be like, mm. who would pay 20 grand for a watch? Good example. And then yeah. you watch like hours of video on the history of Rolex and right. the, the technology behind it. And you're like, you appreciate where could I buy one? Yeah. hundred like, percent. I know I was going to ask you like, what is something you recently maybe didn't have enthusiasm about and, and now do, but that would be a prime example. That would watch. be a prime example. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of another example. It's funny. It could even be like basic shit, man. Like, like, um, so I was doing this even before the fight camp, but I found that it's been ramping up with the fight camp. Um, 
I just am constantly thinking about the fight. So to kind of get me out of my own head and get me doing something like Sudoku. I didn't give a rat's ass about that game. I'd see people do it on the airplane sometimes. And I'm like, what are you doing with a stupid ass? Wasting your time. Wasting your time. Like read a book, bitch. But then I started playing it and I was like, oh, like this is (laughs) fucking addicting and like tricky. Like the way that you have to like, like, you know, uh, have each square like one through nine and each column one through nine. It, It really is like a challenge. And I appreciated it more once I understood the rules and I understood the game. It intrinsically feels good to work your mind like that too. Fuck. Like I played my brother-in-law Battleship this weekend. Oh yeah. And it's, it's like, yeah, I guess I'll play. And then you play one and you're like, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Like I had to think strategy and then you play again. And that's how I told you recently we got back into Uno. Mm. And it's like, it's, it's like a high. You're like, let's do one more round. Yeah. Like I want, I'm starting to get this more. It's, yeah. it's addicting. Yeah, I play Scrabble now. Like Scrabble is my new game. Okay. I'll just like I'll delete one app and then I'll jump onto it. But I have to be doing like whether it's a puzzle, Sudoku, Scrabble. Yeah, love it. Yeah, <laughs> love it's it. so funny. It reminds me of, like this grandpa shit. Yeah, it's like we do like young, like youthful shit, and then we do grandpa shit. Right. I love it. Um, speaking of bringing enthusiasm to a gym, Professor Kevin's leaving this month. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that post. It's and do you know what? Like <clears throat> we have we have great jiu-jitsu coaches prior to him but kevin brought this new kind of energy to the gym and this new perspective and this new way of coaching that was very um um what's the word you were using before contagious? yeah it's very like contagious like this energy that he brought to the gym before where he has this balance of like super nice easygoing cool chill guy to like you better respect him it's like he he means business and he's there as a professional he's going to start on time he's got everything figured out and you're, you're gonna you're gonna follow his order kind of thing right. and, and just the technique that he had and his understanding of the game it just brought this fresh energy to our gym over the last couple mm-hmm. of years and it's uh it's sad to see him go but at the same time it's one of those things where you can't be like oh it's too bad he's leaving you have to be like wow what a blessing it, what it was. a blessing to have him here for two years yeah. helped our coaches helped us yeah. gave us new perspective and uh, it's just one of those things. It's like not everything's forever. Yeah, man. And it's like, it's crazy. Like people like that who come in and impact in a positive way, like their like touch or their like just putting their hand on that gym for the two years that he was there will help it probably change the direction of that gym forever. Even if it's subtle, mm-hmm. like maybe like all the professors and all you jujitsu instructors, you might've changed the way you teach just slightly, but without him there, you might not have. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's almost like, um, you know, if you're operating at 75% and all of a sudden this high level black belt with all this experience comes in and he's operating at 100, all of a sudden everyone else just elevates closer to that 100. Mm -hmm. And now it's like everybody in the gym just got a little better. It's just like when we go to see Dwayne Ludwig and Trevor Whitman, it's like you're inspired by these people that just understand the game so much. And it's just the passions pouring out of them. You're like, Oh, I need to up my game. Keeps you on your toes and it gives you this extra energy. Yeah. Like if you have a, teacher that goes in and they, they, they don't really want to be there You're, you just don't really want to be there either, right you know? yeah yeah the uh, guy it's off topic of that kind of on topic but he he was talking about um what's like what's the art with all the blotches contemporary not contemporary art um you know what i'm talking about it's just like this like it's like like this canvas um, where it's like they're just basically abstract yeah i think it's like abstract like it'll be like a circle with a fucking line across yeah. it and you're like 
you know, million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> the author was like, man, I could give a rat's ass about that art. I just could care less. I thought it was a waste of time. I thought that was just lazy hippies throwing paint on a canvas and charging triple. Yeah. But he's like, I have a friend who does it for a living. And I asked them, I was like, can you explain to me what the fuck this is? And so they, they went for coffee and the guy explained in his mind what a lot of it meant and like how so much emotion comes out of the different lines, the circles, depending on what color you mix. Like there was, it like brought life to it. But he's like, that guy, the artist had so, such a deep understanding of that style of art that he could explain it in a way where the guy understood it. And, and now when he sees that art, he's like, oh my God, like the sadness in that picture or like the joy <laughs> I feel. Yeah. But he's like, he understands it now. And so now all of a sudden the enthusiasm picks up. It's just like we were talking about with the, with the watches or with anything. Right. Yeah. You get a deeper understanding. It becomes more interesting to you. Yeah. The value of it increases. Right. And like when yeah. I was selling cars, like I, I'm sure I could have gotten more enthusiastic <laughs> if I would have like maybe researched more about the cars or the owners or the business behind it. But yeah. like, some things you just don't care about. Yeah. You could always, like if I had to work that job, I would probably have to force myself to find ways to be more enthusiastic. Yeah. But I didn't have to work that job. So I got out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Selling cars is a, it's a tricky one, man. It's a beast. Yeah. It's, it's weird because I sell, it's like, what's the difference between a house and a car? It's just the product that you're selling. But I, I feel so you know, in, in my right place selling homes, but I could never see myself selling cars. It's a weird, I don't know why there's that barrier, but do you know what? Like for one, it's, I don't want to say a necessary evil, but it's a necessity for everyone. You almost need a car unless you're living in New York and it's like the transit system is really good. Um, but with a house, it's, it's almost like, um, like you raise a family in a house. You can, it's an investment. You can make your money back. You can like, you can do more shit. You could run a business out of your house. Mm -hmm. A car is a depreciating asset. And so unless you're like a car head yeah, and really into cars, true. you're kind of just selling like a necessary evil to people. So I feel like the, and I, I'm literally just thinking this on the fly. I just feel like the, the that exchange is different. Yeah. One exchange yeah. is like you see this future. You see you're like building a family or making an investment. The other thing you're like fucking like making car payments on a depreciating asset. Yeah. Like, you know. And also it's like I know you can get cars from other locations, but it's almost like here's our showroom. Let me sell you what we have. Right. And in another sense with real estate, it's like whatever's listed on the market, this is the showroom. Let me sell you this. But the way it feels with what I do is I'm almost just helping people through the process of buying and selling a home right. where they can make all the informed decisions and I just guide them along and make sure the contracts are done up right and that sort of thing. It's not like, right. hey, I have this one I think you might really like and I have this and wait till you see this. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, I, nothing against car salespeople. No. Like, there's some great ones, and you're you're not a a scam artist if you sell cars by any means. No, for sure. Some of you are, <laughs> <laughs> and some realtors too. To be yeah, painfully for, honest, for sure. Fuck, some martial artists buy a black belt on eBay and and Brandon Shaw. Huh? Did you listen to the fight companion? Yeah, I'm not done it yet, though. I don't remember that part. So he said, so Brendan Schaub's been a brown belt under Henry Gracie and those guys. Yeah. And then he just kind of stopped training, right? Like, you, you remember that? Yeah, like he yeah. Was just, so he's a brown oh, and then belt. was that when his son was like, said something about his, was his son involved in this stuff? Yeah, his son's training jujitsu and his son right. found it fascinating that, dad, look, this guy has a black belt at the academy. Right. And his, 
and his dad's like, well, or Brandon Traub's like, hey, like Hensel Gracie or somebody told me that they have a black belt waiting for me. And so he like called him and he's like, hey, do you still have that black belt? And like he ended up flying in to like pick it up and he gave it to his son. He's like, see, I have a black belt. But I don't think he was formally given a black belt from like something that he earned. You know? I feel like he just like bought, picked this black belt up. I don't know, because he hasn't trained jujitsu like in a long time. Fucking Sean, man. Sean's an interesting <laughs> one, man. Sean's one of those polarizing guys. Yeah, do you know what's funny about him? Like, I I, I struggle with... I, I don't want to be a hater. He's a, he's a guy that, like, sometimes makes it easy to hate, but then <laughs> a part of me is like... He's such a wise businessman and marketer. Like he is such a genius in some ways, but I I think the reason sometimes he's so easy to hate because he hangs out with professional talkers and professional comedians. And so he looks like the dummy who's not that funny, but I bet like if he hung out with me, he'd be hilarious because I'm maybe not that funny like compared to those fucking guys. Right. Like if I hung out with Rogan and like Brian Callen and Chris D'Elia, Theo Vaughn, I would be a moron. Who's his lame ass in the podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like that's Shab. And it's funny just how Shab is sometimes. Like again, I'm I'm a fan. I like Shab. I've been listening to him for a long time. I don't agree with everything he says by any stretch of the imagination. But he's the type of guy that'll like talk shit about a guy for five minutes, and someone like Rogan will be like, "Yeah, but you know he did this," and Shab will be like, "Yeah, great, great guy. guy, great guy, great guy." <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, pick a side, man. Yeah, he's so funny. Um, Brian Callen has a new comedy special. I don't know yeah. if you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Um, I, I probably won't like it. Yeah. I love Brian Callen in podcasts. I'm not a fan of his stand-up. I'm kind of the same, right? I'm even like that with Rogan. Yeah. I'm actually not a huge fan of his stand-up. Yeah. I, I think as far as stand-up goes, I love Tom Segura. Yeah. I love yeah. Uh, even Chris D'Elia. I, I really like Chris D'Elia's stand-up. Um, listen, Bill Burr. Listen to Bill. Okay, so when we were in Denver doing the run, remember yeah. Kurt said there's an amphitheater right around yeah. here? Bill Burr recently put out a special mm. at that amphitheater in Colorado. Ah. And it's funny. Like nice. my, I watched it with my family. We were all laughing. There's like some parts yeah. where he's talking about, you know, when, when old ladies are kind of at that age, like 50 or whatever, and they yeah. get their hair cut short. Uh, and he's like, when you're like having sex with your wife from behind and you feel like you're like fucking your buddy Tom or something. <laughs> but some of the shit he says is so funny. Well, I, I just saw a clip this morning. Um, and yeah, I don't, I won't get into it, but just, this is a typical Bill Burr thing to do. It was like kind of a quiet moment. And he's like, you know, what's really funny about sexual assault (laughs) and everyone like the whole, again, like it's timing. Yeah. He timed it so well that everybody in the audience just thought it was funny because it's such an outrageous thing. Obviously if you get sexually assaulted, he's not going to be like, ha ha ha. Yeah. But like the way he did it, man, it's like everybody was like, okay, this guy is is so funny. The delivery. Isn't that interesting? You could have his exact script. Then you could have all the gold that he has written down his whole act. You could memorize it and you'd be in jail for insulting everyone. And two people go out there and one hits magnificently the other it, it's a complete bomb yeah it's just delivery you know yeah. that's why it's always unfortunate they say like especially with comedians when somebody films when they're not supposed to and they post it online because now you took a joke that would have potential to make the world laugh but instead you got them at white belt stage and now it's just offensive because they're they're a little clumsy with it yeah and this asshole films it and posts it online like look what bill burr said about this and it's like you asshole like i had to work on that still yeah you know yeah for sure um that uh one thing i wanted to obviously you and everybody else has been hearing about it that uh 
that Miles Sanderson dude, that killing spree that's been happening. Oh yeah. It's crazy. The last week, every day our phones are just going yeah. off that alarming Honestly. alert. It's it's kind of crazy, hey? Like terrifying. I'm in a coffee shop the other day and like this alarm goes off on our phone and you could see everybody's looking at their at their phone because we're all getting that amber alert thing and it's uh it's kind of hits close to home it's kind of weird in saskatchewan when there's this guy has killed 11 people and they're still looking for him and he's pretty close to where we are yeah um yeah i don't know much about it i i thought that he was just like stabbing random people and i'm like man that's crazy to like just knock on some random person's person's house and just rush them with a knife could you imagine that's how you go but it it wasn't random people it was like yeah there was some um yeah, I guess like his his ex wife or something. He had he had like fifty nine charges against her. Like he had to. I think he had a what's it called when you can't restraining order. Yeah, like a restraining order. I think he tried to kill her parents at one point, and now he think he did. I think he actually did end up killing her um, her parents. His like parent in law, father in law, mother in law, whatever yeah. the fuck. Evil. Yeah. I don't know what the whole backstory is, but man, to do that much damage with a knife. I can only imagine the vendetta, the anger, the frustration, like it's just pure evil, man. And it's just, it's crazy. Like he stole that vehicle that he got picked up in at Waka and he got caught, I think between Rostron and Hague, which is just, you know, 20 minutes north of here right now on the highway. Fucking crazy. And um, it's weird. You see the pictures of him and you're like, yeah, he's a normal guy I would see walking around. And you never think that somebody would have that much disturbed energy in them or evil whatever you want to call it yeah and do you know what something i was thinking about too is i was talking about this with natalia the other day it's pretty like man it is just in the dna of some of these indigenous people of just getting fucked over for so many generations it's so hard it's like starting just at the bottom of the hill like you know you it's like starting in south side chicago where like compton it's all the odds are against you you know and Actually, just reading, like suicide is seven times higher among youth from like indigenous or native, you know, children. Yeah. Um, For the last 25 years, 20% um, of the reserves are under a water advisory. It's like they just don't even have clean water. Uh, The residential schools, we know about that. Yeah. It's just crazy disturbing. Um, The kindergarten to grade 12 rate is 49% success with these aboriginal people coming off reserves first nation students are more likely to end up in jail than graduate high school wow there's been six over 600 unresolved cases for missing and murdered women aboriginal women in canada and it's just it's they're just started you know growing up on a reserve you're starting with all the odds against you and it's just so difficult. Even the alcoholism that's genetic from gener- pre- predisposition from previous gen- generations. Yeah. It's, uh, you got a lot of, a lot of grain to work against, man. It's insane. It's man. really, it's, it's really sad, yeah. you know? It is. Yeah, man. It's scary. You, you see that in Australia really bad too, eh? Yeah. Like when we went there, the Aboriginals there were like it, heavy on the booze, you know, pretty wild, a lot of homelessness, yeah. you know, it's, yeah it's tough man and a lot of the reserve land it's all pasture land swamp land like it's not good land right it's pretty much the scraps and it's like here you guys can have this land and it's like well thanks right yeah it's pretty wild man unreal man 
but yeah, I'm, it's good to know that that's, that's over with. And then there's another Amber Alert thing with a shooting by like Maidstone or something. Someone was like driving yeah. a Mustang shooting at houses or something. It's Isn't it crazy, crazy like what you can do with the knife though? Like we always talk about like, you know, they always want to gun the band or uh, gun the bands, ban guns. Yeah. Um, but it's like, man, look what someone can do with a knife. Knife is the scariest thing. I, I've said it before. I think I would rather get shot than stabbed. Oh, like for sure. Totally, man. Like just hit me from a distance and let me just fade. But like, man, just like they're right, right there. You know, licking the guy right in the eye. You know, it's just so dirty. And it's a very yeah gross, invasive, intrusive. Like just a picture, like somebody coming up and shanking you in the gut oh, or in the spleen is just terrifying. Absolutely disturbing. Ugh. Yeah, it's messed up. I remember growing up around here and thinking that people didn't even die around Saskatchewan. I was like, oh, that's way on the other side of the <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah. And then you realize how close death and assault and all of these insidious acts are, like how close they hit to home. Like people are dying in Mormon every day, you know? Yeah. Like not yeah, killings, yeah. but... Old age. Yeah, I used to think like it's such an abstract idea to think like people could die anywhere around the vicinity of where I am. I was right. like, just in general, it's just such a naive way of thinking when right. you're young. It's like, no, the world's safe. Bad things don't happen. Well, we are like, I don't know if maybe we didn't talk about this, but it, you know, it's like the older we get, the more of that happens. Like the yeah. longer you live, the more likelihood people that you know are going to die. That's yeah. just math. Yeah. Like if we make it to 40, like by like I'm 34 now, there, in that six years, there will be more people that are going to get shot, arrested, die from old age, young, cancer. It's like just a numbers game. Do you know what's weird about life? I'm 33, you're 34. We're going to go through some terrible shit in our lives. We're going to have lots of suffering to come ahead of us. Whether it's personal, people we know, there's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. But you just you just have to buckle in and enjoy the ride and make the best of it and enjoy the good stuff and don't think about what could happen, when it could happen. You just got to be grateful for today, take it one day at a time and just just live. And, and so my, my book actually talked about that um, and to never be defeated. Mm. So he talked about people on Skid Row versus like if you took 100 people from Skid Row and then you took a hundred successful people that have made like millions of dollars or started a company. He said, if you actually sat them down and you interviewed them and asked them very similar questions, he's like, you'd be surprised how similar their backgrounds were. He said, a lot of the times people will accept defeat and that's when they can end up hitting the bottle too much. They lose their job. They go on a killing fire, spree. They go on a killing You're spree. You're defeated. You're defeated. You have nothing else to... In your mind, there's no more hope. There's no more future. Yeah. Fuck this. I'm killing you or I'm going to kill myself or Nothing whatever. matters anymore. But he's like, look, like a lot of these people on Skid Row, like, yeah, they were, they were divorced. Their wife cheated on them. They, whatever, they have... And then this is kind of excluding mental illness because if you have a severe mental illness, you probably aren't going to start a company and be a success. It's like actual events that caused you to go down that path. But he's like, if you look at the Skid Row and the millionaires, a lot of them are going to have bankruptcies, divorces, kids won't talk to them, um, sexually assaulted when they were young, raped, molested, whatever, um, or born in like an orphanage home. So many of them have similar backgrounds, but it's like there are certain people that, um, that just don't accept defeat. 
it's like they know just like they have to keep moving forward and it's like yeah if you look at some of those successful people man some of their defeats are no joke some of those obstacles are no joke Mm -hmm. like it could be like um yeah uh, a black guy with no no father no parents growing up in chicago because i'm saying this because he was on lewis house podcast mm. multi-millionaire started a business changing people's lives trapper. yeah like that type of stuff yeah yeah you know and obviously there's there's exceptions not everyone can do that but the idea is to not accept defeat that's all of us humans are basically fighting that tooth and nail that's like life you just you can't give up because when you give up there's no return like you can't fully give up yeah. you just have to keep going yeah yeah that's a scary place to be like knowing that there's people out there that have just given up yeah that's messed up yeah so it's nice to have um like big goals that you just latch on to you know <clears throat> the the purpose of life is a life of purpose you know it's like find something bigger than you yeah to to get you out of bed every day to get you to get dressed every day you yeah. know to get just one step at a time yeah you got to find some purpose you have to have like to. and it doesn't have to be like a start a big you know non-profit organization right. it doesn't have to be like win a ufc belt or become a millionaire but it's like maybe maybe you have like a a grandson that you can just be there for yeah and be like i want him i want this kid to grow up knowing he has a grandparent that loves the hell out of him and would yeah. do anything for him. Like maybe that's it. That's yeah. all your purpose is, you know, and that's enough. But it's like, you got to find something. Yeah. And, and you know, people like this, Miles Sanderson, like you got to think how many times they've probably been given up on. They've probably been abused. They've, it's oh, yeah. just so much fuckery yeah. that they get to that point where they're like, fuck this, fuck everything. Yeah. Fuck me. Fuck this yeah. world. Like I'm, I'm done. And that's the thing. Like, um, and that's why I wanted to like, yeah, express that it's like, I wouldn't want to relate myself to someone like that and say like, Oh, like I just haven't accepted defeat. We're the same person. Like some people, um, have it way harder, but the point is that some of those people that made, uh, became successes, they had it just as hard. There are people out there that have been like, um, brutalized their whole life and still never accept defeat. But it's like, for me to say that it's a lot easier. I grew up in warm and like, my parents bought me my first car. Like I had it pretty good. I was eating watermelon and Ralkykin. Pretty like good childhood. It's so hard to really put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like it's so complex just to try to understand, you know, we all walk such a different path in life, yeah. even if it appears to be like similar. Yeah. It's well, messed up. Well, talking about enthusiasm and sometimes enthusiasm is also just caring and compassion. Like someone on a surface level, they heard that story. Like if you're like a, a bit of a racist or you're just ignorant, you'd be like, oh, fucking, you know, indigenous people just doing what they do. Right. Like that would be an ignorant view because you don't know their history. But what you just read on that little piece of paper that you wrote down, all those like, you know, stats, you want to call them that almost like allows you to tap inside that culture a little bit and be like, Oh fuck. Like there's a reason why some of this is happening in those cultures so often. It's not just cause they're it's in their DNA or in their, you know, how they do things. They've been brutalized. Like there are things that happen, but it's like they're born with trauma. Yeah. But know? it's like, if, if you, you wouldn't like not appreciate, you wouldn't understand that if you didn't know the information, yeah. it's like almost moving to a new city. Like you have to like research them first and then all of a sudden compassion trickles in because mm, you have an understanding exactly. of why. Yeah. They're just a human. And when I say they, I don't mean all indigenous people, but you know, yeah. some people who, who have struggled. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can, 
you can relate, you can feel that empathy and be like, man, like they, yeah. they had it hard. Like, like I probably would have done the same thing, like considering everything that happened prior. Man, we had, um, like on my, on my dad's <coughs> side, um, my dad's parents, so my grandma and grandpa, um, adopted a indigenous family like early on and, um, rough, rough family, rough past prostitutes, drug dealers, gangs in and out of jail. Like, and I grew up seeing them every Christmas. They, they would they would be there but then sometimes the mom wouldn't be because she'd be in jail and maybe next year she'd be there and then the other year she's not and then now this you know the 15 year old's pregnant and like we i would just keep witnessing this and i'd just be like wow like kane and i would just show up to christmas expecting presents and eating food and they would show up high on whatever shit they were on and you could just see the roughness the street life they just wore it you could see it in their clothes, yeah. their arms, their face. You could just see it, you know? Yeah. It's wild, man. Yeah, it's messed up. Um, the queen died. Yeah. <laughs> what, is that? <laughs> what does that mean for us? Nothing for me, to be she honest. She was in that position since 1952. That's before my dad was even born. That's pretty yeah. crazy. It's wild. Is that going to... Like, I don't know much about policy, about the way this all works. Does that affect anything? Is there a new queen that comes into place? You know what? I, I think that they've they've established the hierarchy and the things are in motion. It just feeds itself. I don't think that machine stops, no matter yeah. who's king or queen. Yeah. I think it continues. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I know a lot of people maybe felt a little bit more, but, yeah, I don't know. Just I, I don't know the queen. I don't know what she's done for me. Maybe if I researched her a little bit, I would maybe yeah, have a better understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um... 96, that's a hell of a run. It's yeah. a good life. yeah. 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 I don't know much about her. So I don't have much take on it. Yeah. People die every day. Yeah. That, that's kind of my take too. I heard it. I was like, I wonder if we could talk about that. I was like, I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. I really <laughs> you know. Don't. Yeah. But I read David Icke's book. So to me, she's a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to I'm, David Icke. I'm just kidding. Um, I, uh, it's crazy. So Aaron and I were, uh, we went on our trip or whatever to like the Wolf Willow, uh, winery, Wolf Willow winery. Okay. And, uh, we were taking a photo and she had no idea, but she, so she's taking this photo and she's like kind of looking at the picture and she's like, what the fuck? Like, why? Like my face doesn't look like that. Her phone automatically just on a default mode, put a filter on and it like, and it put like a brush. So it like smoothed our faces out. And it was just from the photo app, like not from Instagram or anything. No. Yeah. It was just like, she just, we just, she grabbed her camera, camera. and then like took the photo okay. and then all of a sudden it was like filtering our faces. And I'm like, she's like, I didn't, I don't want to filter on this. I just want to take a damn photo. Mm. Like if I want to filter it after, sure. But she's like, isn't that insane that, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe she just like accidentally hit a button or something, <laughs> but, um, yeah, her taking photos was automatically filtering it. And so, uh, memory came into my mind and you might remember this. Do you remember this was years ago, uh, when I was single, I, I went out somewhere and I met this one girl. Um, I've, I've had her on Instagram and one of the first things that she said to me, and I might, I might butcher it, but it was something along the lines of, am I as attractive in person as I am online? And in my head, I'm like, you're asking that because you know damn well you're not. You know damn well you filter the fuck out of your photos. Yeah. It was a different person. Hardly recognizable. Yeah. And so, and like in my mind, I'm like, how, like the anxiety that I would feel 
if everything I posted online was so filtered yeah. that if I met someone in real life, I felt the need to literally bring it up and be like, hey, like, do I kind of look like I do on Instagram? Yeah, that's insecure. Dude, the insecurity and the anxiety you carry with it. Just be yourself. Yeah. And I know it's tough, but like what's tougher is that little exchange that we had because now you are forcing me to lie because I don't know you that well and I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, like what are you supposed to what say? What am I supposed to say? If you're honest there, you come off as a demon. Yeah. Like... So yeah, I'm just like, man, and Rogan was talking about this, is how filters are, are like the devil. I don't know why people do that to themselves because yeah, it feels good to post a picture where you look better than yourself. If you get that right angle where right. you can't see your double chin right. or you use that filter or you cut, you cut the photo off halfway up your forehead because you have a big forehead, right. embrace it. And then it's not a shock when people see you in person. Yeah. We're all humans. Nobody looks symmetrically perfect embrace what you got because it's going to make your life a lot more insecure yeah man and i didn't i didn't even know this is an app until tiktok showed me so there's there's an app now where it's like you could take a photo and you could literally stretch your shoulders out so that you have broader yeah. shoulders and then you could suck your stomach in to the point where it is very hard to tell the difference yeah so these girls who have very little curves will take a photo now all of a sudden you're this bodacious, you know, you got big hips and your, you know, your waist is sunken in, but then you see them in real life and you're like, where'd you go? That's not you. See, I would rather people see me in person and be like, oh, like you look good. Like you look maybe better than I thought you would look from your profile. Right. Not like, the opposite. Yeah. Not the opposite. It's wild. Eh? We live in this fantasy land with her phone. Which kind of phone does she have? Is it iPhone? Um, so I didn't even know you could make a filter from the camera app. That's so I, weird. I think it's a Samsung okay i think it's a samsung interesting that's weird yeah yeah it's wild man yeah your phone's just like nah check this out i got a better idea yeah it's like hey yeah 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 your phone's basically just telling you that you're ugly yeah it's like hey let us make some corrections here real quick you're like bitch just i want a photo of me and do you know what honestly a lot of times my girl will go to take pictures and she puts like a filter on on instagram for like a story and I'm like, take it off. Like you look better with it natural. Yeah. I was like that little filter that blushes your face. Like it looks dumb. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think the natural look is really nice. And I, I, I filter some of my photos. Like if there's like um, something in the background, there's trees or grass or the sky. Like I put subtle filters on it just yeah. if it makes the photo look nicer. <clears throat> um, but yeah, you got to be careful. Like as soon as it's like glossy, like if you take a selfie and you're just removing all the imperfections of that you have on your face, just fucking let it be your face. It's really unattractive to me. Yeah. I remember back in the old single days, <laughs> some people have their pages and it's like, yeah, you know, if you want to take some pictures that are filtered, like fine, play with it. It's cool, whatever. Yay. But if every single picture of you has like a pretty intense filter, it's a big red flag. It's just right. that red flag of insecurity right it's just it's yeah. not a good look it, it doesn't come off the way you're hoping it does yeah can i can i say something about the queen yes i didn't mean that i didn't care <laughs> <laughs> i just don't want to be yeah sometimes yeah it's like i i can be insensitive because sometimes i'm just being a goof but then i forget like some people might actually really care about the queen and like yeah. But there is there is different takes on it, hey. I don't know if you see, like. I, I really don't know much about it. I've seen the the pop ups that she has passed at ninety six. So, like, okay. like obviously within history, the the wealthiest, the richest, the people with the most power have been known for a lot of corruption. So on one side, a lot of people say, well, like she's literally just sat on gold her whole life and watched the world starve. 
and then other people are like she's served in world war ii apparently like she's done a lot she she maintained um her role very well yeah. like she was the queen and she embodied that and she did what she was supposed to do and so like yeah there's like obviously always two sides to the story like some yeah. people despise her other people love her to death and would die for her yeah right so yeah i just i don't want to be like insensitive like i don't know her i just to, to me emotionally nothing i felt nothing i just like oh the queen passed away okay it's yeah it's one of those things where you know it's like you can become the president and it doesn't it's almost like an impossible role to fill it's like i'm sure she's a good person but i'm sure she has to make a had to make a lot of decisions that maybe fuck a lot of people over you know it's like that role is just it's too grand for anybody to to to, to really do a great job at it you know that's why i said like the the machine keeps going regardless yeah. of who it is like but, but isn't that how it works when the queen dies or a king, like somebody takes that place so yeah like i wonder if there's going to be a new queen well yeah I've, and it's usually like bloodline like I, I always watch like uh vikings or even game of thrones the one rogan posted is a new one it's so good um <coughs> Uh, house of dragons mm. same thing so if you're like um if you're the king and you don't have a son you best be making babies to get a, a um a future king so that you don't get murdered because yeah. if you have no bloodline behind you people will want to kill you right away but wrong. if you got a bunch of sons and you make some some kids now it's like fuck now we got to kill him and his seven sons so it makes it like harder to like dethrone the king so that's why like royal families should want to breed so that their bloodline can continue. It's, it's interesting how that power vacuum works. Like, you know, I'm, I have a lot of interest in like gang culture and like, you know, a lot of the rap history and stuff. And have you heard of like BMF? Like there was, yeah. there was a group way, way back, probably the early two thousands, maybe something around there. there. I think they were coming out of like Atlanta, but or Chicago maybe, but they were um, black mafia family. Mm. But they were fronting it as they were entertainers, like a rap group. But they were literally, you know, controlling prostitution, uh, drug dealing, just like a gang, a legitimate gang. Mm. And they're saying how they're all, you know, entertainment. And they eventually got taken down. But they were like the guys. Like they were running the streets. And they got taken down by the feds. And then it created this power vacuum where everybody's trying to take that new top spot because the bosses are locked up for good. And it just creates all this chaos and havoc and murder and there's no order anymore. There's no rules. There's no system. There's no leaders. So it just creates havoc. And that's what we hear about in this last decade of all the, you know, 14 year old kids running around with AK 47s, like killing each other in Chicago. A lot of it is because they take those leaders out. So everybody's gunning to be the next guy. Right. And it's even with, you know, the, the, the drug cartels in Mexico and all that sort of thing. It's like you take away like an El Chapo. It's like there's a lot of bodies under that decision. Wasn't that like even like with El, El Qaeda or whatever, like the Middle East countries, like they, sure. they were killing certain leaders and all of a sudden it created this vacuum of like thirst for lead, yeah. like hunger. Like they, they were the... To, to be the leader yeah so all these like you know lower level people were like oh the like here's my chance like yeah. let's just start murdering people until we get to the top yeah it's really interesting how that's it, it's really as simple as that in a lot of like the drug cartel game it's like whoever's whoever's bold enough to go in and be like i'm just gonna take out 
the, the people who are running shit. Mm. It's like, that's how you, that's how you run shit. Right. You take out the people that are running shit. Yeah. And that's, that's such a bold move because there's no words. going back. Yeah. There's no going back from that. Prison rules, man. Find the toughest guy in the prison and whoop his ass. Yeah. And now you're the guy. Just on a bigger scale. Yeah, man. exactly. That's crazy, man. It's wild. Could you imagine going to jail and just having to, and maybe not in Saskatchewan, but going to like a real penitentiary and just having to make that decision. It's like, look, it's, it's like, I got to assert my dominance here and like alpha up and like fuck up some guys and like stand for something or I'm just going to get trampled on. It's like, yeah. am I going to make the decision to man up now? I just so don't crazy. Ever, I just can't go to jail. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's just keep, you know, kickboxing and reading books and drinking coffee. That's it, man. That's the game. Do it on podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. We have it pretty good. At least you'd have really good content and actually have something to say if we went to jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, big fights this weekend. Yeah. Nate Diaz. Yeah. I seen a picture of Nate Diaz when he fought Leon Edwards and him now when he fights Jemayev. It's like, and I don't know if you've seen in one of his interviews, but it's it's kind of like he doesn't care. It's like, mm-hmm. I gave up on like preparing for people. It's just come beat me. That's wow. kind of like Nate's perspective. And you can, you, you can see his body. Like, I don't know. Nate could surprise you. I'm, t- I'm team Diaz all day. I hope Nate. Yeah, me too. It would be amazing if Nate somehow fucked Chemayev up. Oh, dude. It'd be amazing. He'd it'd shake be, the world up. It'd be amazing. But Chemayev, Ch- Ch- man, like. I don't see it. I don't, I can't see there being one road to victory for Nate Diaz. <laughs> Yeah. I just can't see Chemayev's it. tough as fuck. We, we, can, we know now after he fought Gilbert, he can go on a war. His striking, he hits harder. He's a really good striker. His wrestling is second to none. I'm not concerned about Natia's jiu-jitsu with a guy like Chemayev. He's just too too busy on the ground. Yeah. That's a tough fucking fight for Diaz. But it's a tough fight. you got to throw it off to guys like Nate Diaz where it's like, I'm only fighting, taking the hardest fights. Yeah. He fights Masvidal. Like, oh man, just gangster to the core. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's a good payday for him because, yeah, he's, he's about to get smoked. Yeah. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> he's 37 and Shemayev's 28. Like, I, I would have loved to see Diaz have another fight than that, man. But, like, so, you know, somebody made a good point. If, if you're the guy, if you're the badass who's saying, I'll fight anybody anytime, careful what you wish for. Yeah. Like, I think if Diaz was a little bit more backed off on that whole aura or just was like a little bit smarter and was like that's not the fight i want to end my career on. <laughs> that's it like if that was me i'd be like look i don't want to end my career on that fight give me like another older guy who's on his way out it's like what they did with bj penn and um yaira rodriguez mm. they gave him a young killer like a <laughs> knockout artist dangerous guy a dangerous guy and so but you know that's what makes diaz diaz that's what that's, makes diaz that's why diaz. i'm jesse you and know, you know I'm what? not doing that shit. Well, you you kind of are. You take you take hard fights, but yeah. it's um, uh, yeah. You got to respect it, man. You got to yeah. respect it. Chamayev's good, dude. And Press you conference know, got canceled, eh? Why? Why was that? I seen that. There was multiple fights going on in the back, and Dana was like, "Yeah, we're wrapping this up. This is done." I guess Kevin Holland and Chamayev were chirping each other, oh. and then I guess the Diaz guys were chirping somebody. Yeah, like all hell broke oh, loose. So it was from the fighters and their teams. Yeah, like apparently there was like wow. fists being thrown, and like security was over here. Then they had to rush over here, and so Dana White's like, "Let's wrap this up." You get a bunch of fighters in a room. Room. yeah what do you think's gonna happen that's crazy. the first time they've had to do that yeah. too, right? yeah crazy yeah that's a good fight too that kevin holland fight yeah um al he's another guy yeah i don't want to see him i, I don't want to see him get who do you fight 
um, that guy from China, the leech. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy it's that Shamayev beat last time. It's a good fight. It's a fun one. It's, I'll uh, cheer for Ferguson just because. Just yeah. Yeah. He looked good his last fight until he got fucking KO'd really bad. I know, man. It sucks. Like, it sucks when you see somebody get enter the octagon and then leave and they, they just you know they're leaving something of themselves in there yeah because they they got fucking hit a lot that's why i love you know? to see like like that's why when diaz fights now i just hope he has a good payday because yeah. if you go in there and you get your brain rearranged yeah. i just at least walk away with some money yeah you know yeah it's yeah i mean that's why sponsorship is so fucking great scary man you put your health on the line not yeah. just physical but your your brain you yeah. know that's the scary part i don't give yeah. a shit about my shins or my hands like yeah it's like exactly you know you can get concussed you get flat line all of a sudden a couple screws get a little bit loose and you know now you talk a little differently yeah man so, yeah, yeah fighting is the real deal man it's, it's, not, no a, joke. it's not a game it's, it's not no a sport joke. you know yeah speaking of that you got some sponsorship coming yeah fight three three weeks out yeah man Crazy, i know eh? i'm trying to get everybody um and thank you for being the fucking main sponsor pretty yeah. much so far i got a few of the other ones from from older fights um and then yeah once everything's in order i'll probably start doing like just subtle little podcast promos on here yeah. um just giving them a shout out but yeah it helps a lot man it again the game we play is rough yeah scary you know it's like I could go in there and, and have my arm broken or my hands or something that would prevent me from being able to hold pads and do sessions and now you're out of work. Yeah. And plus the other thing I was thinking like, man, we that's what we do. We pay entertainers. Fighters are entertaining people. Yeah. You're, you're training your ass off to display your abilities in the ring. People want to pay to watch. And so it's like that's, that's our form of entertainment for yeah. you. We're providing entertainment. Um, and just throwing our bodies into the mm -hmm. fucking wind yeah. and hope that we come out okay. Totally. And I like supporting things that I I represent, you know. And like for anybody else who's thinking who could be a potential sponsor for like a fighter, it's a great opportunity. Like we, we're in a position where we can support whatever we want. And we waste a lot of money as realtors, as business owners, just you know, giving money to this and that, people are always asking for money, you're supporting, and you don't really see any of it back. You do a lot of advertising, you don't necessarily see anything back. But when you can pick and choose, like maybe a sports team that you grew up playing on, and give them a few hundred dollars, a fighter, this and that, it it's more than just, um, like you're actually, you're actually helping, you're actually backing and yeah. supporting something you believe in. And the first time I, I sponsored you, I was thinking, you know, like, I just want to support Jesse, you know, like probably nothing's going to come from it. I got a direct tangible sale out of that, like a month later, it's like six grand on wow. a sale. So the return on my investment, man, I spent a lot of money on things I don't see a penny back right. for. So that's, that's why I continue to do it. You know, I get to support you. It helps. It, it's something I truly want to support. And then it, it pays dividends. Yeah. It can pay dividends. So, yeah, you know, man. like. No, support it's cool. your local fighters man so cool you know it's funny like uh so uh vinny owner of iceland concrete he sponsored me i worked with him yeah and and this wasn't like it's not like he got a big like concrete job after but it still made his day he called me and told me he was like driving somewhere and somebody <clears throat> saw his logo on his truck and they're like he rolls his window down he's like i saw your sponsor at jesse's fight <laughs> he's like fucking sweet nice and that was it but vinny's like fuck yeah like yeah. i feel good fuck i feel yeah. like important somebody recognized <laughs> me that's dope so yeah, it's kind of cool that like just the social media platform can just put a business on like that, Yeah, you know? And so yeah, once I get that going, I'm going to start 
pumping all the sponsors out and yeah, Fuck yeah. It just helps a ton. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's going to be sweet. Should we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. I got nothing. Me neither. Episode 77. Thanks for listening. Thank you.